The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, Scott McClelland with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for jumping in with us. And we are very pleased today to be able to be on mic with uh, Mr. Brian Ensminger. Brian, welcome. Well, thanks. It's great to be here. Man, you, you play such a huge and important role behind the scenes and in all of FX Missions podcasting efforts. We want to say thank you very much for that, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you've been really helping us make this possible for the few years, I guess, now that we've been doing it. But yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been a huge blessing. And I had a, a novel idea to try to get you on the, I know you've got your show, the Engaging Mission Show. I'm trying to get you on the guest side of the program today <laughs> instead of the host. How does that feel? It's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I'm going to grieve a person with a structured mind. I can promise because <laughs> I'm pretty concept-oriented, and and uh, that wouldn't be hard to pick out for anybody who's paying attention. But since it's a short podcast, I'm sure we'll do fine, and we've got you, the we got the great benefit of having you on to talk about leadership. You've produced, wow, maybe 150 Leadership Moment podcasts for us are, are approaching that number now. Yeah. So you've heard a lot and uh, seen a lot of the content we've produced over time. But I never knew when I asked you this that you'd have such crystal thoughts on the subject of leadership. You you sent me back a, the outline for a beginning of a book here. I mean, are you writing a book? No, no, I'm not at all. I just <laughs> I, I do like to have my thoughts in order because I I have this incredible fear of sounding dumb. <laughs> well, I've never known that to be the case with you, so you must stay well prepared. I really appreciated your outline that you sent back. Of course, we're talking about the subject of leadership on the leadership moment. And you outlined three different components. We're going to try to do it in maybe a couple of podcasts. This is deep material you've got here, a lot of references, a lot of things that you've been studying over time. Before we jump into the content, what uh, fascinates you or what what has your attention when it comes to the subject of leadership? You know, I, th I think right now there's... There's a couple of things that kind of have my attention. One is every once in a while I see things on Facebook or social media or I hear things quoted about how there's so much material being produced for leadership and nobody's producing materials for 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 followers or for servants. And the, the idea that that seems out of balance. And I thought, well... In, in some sense, many of us are leaders in different spheres. We may not be an organizational leader, but we may be leaders in, in our home or leaders in an, a small group or something like that. And 
as I thought about that, I thought how critically important it is for us to have good materials to, to think about leadership. And as I dug a little bit further into that, and as I observed people, I started to get a little bit concerned about some of the the different leadership styles that I see or that I see people um, holding up as something that's worthwhile and how in some instances those leadership styles can really be contrary to scripture. And that really kind of started to concern me. And so when you asked about that, that's kind of the thing that bubbled up as I was thinking about it. Wow. I'm tracking with you. And I think we have such a an expedient perspective. Mm. I mean, we're looking for results. We're looking oh, yeah. for something that's going to produce an output. We're looking for success at all costs in the culture mm. that's all around us. I'm not looking for that. You're not looking for that. But we're we're informed by that culture, if not influenced by it, if we're not very, very persistent in drawing our examples from high quality places yeah. like scripture, like church history, like places like that, that can help us focus on the right kind of leadership, the right yeah. kind of example. So uh, I'm really tracking with you now. As we're, as we're looking here, you mentioned in your notes to me, sort of a leadership model yeah, and the foundation for this model. Would you get into that a little bit for us? Yeah. And- And I think it's a great contrast. So as we think about the typical leadership model that we see people talking about, maybe not specifically in the church or in Christian circles, but it's almost always this organizational leadership model where everything's about growth and achievement and the guy at the top and what that person needs to to be like. But I don't know that that's the best leadership model that we see presented in scripture. I think that one of the most foundational leadership models God gave us is the family. And that when we start thinking about the family as a good model for leadership and for life, whether we're within a family or even within an organization, I think that we become a little bit more on healthy ground when we think about how a family interacts and how the parents, the father and the mother interact with each other and with their kids. I think we get a really good model based on that, because it's different than the organizational model, which is all about aligning resources and getting people to buy in and sharing a common vision. All of those are good leadership principles, but if it doesn't start with that foundation of love and servanthood in the way that a family would operate, I think we start to get on on shaky ground. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes, it does make sense. Going back to the concept of relationship, the way God organized humanity <laughs> the way yeah. the way the godhead is organized that concept of relationship i think with the persistent cultural influence of organizational expediency mm. we can't take time to love people and we we know clearly from scripture that love never fails yeah man that's good I... <laughs> wow yeah know? Why can't we take a minute and start there? You know, and I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. The core of the family, the core of the way God organized humanity and how true and loving and consequential leadership flows from there. Mm. You got me, you got me intrigued, man. I'm I'm following right along. I, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because as you're as you're sharing that, you're putting flesh on some of the ideas that I had. I hadn't even thought about the scripture about how love never fails. That's deep. <laughs> 
Well, thank you. I think we're challenged and sometimes confronted in our our desire and our attempts to lead mm. by the lack of love that we demonstrate. I've been in business for near three decades. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've been in missions, been in ministry, been been doing a lot of stuff over a lot of time. And I will say that life and leadership in the process of following Jesus is a purification of motives. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Your motives being purified right here, Brian. I can't escape. Anyway, I'm, I'm coming to a little bit of light there and, and happy to have it. Let's dig in there a little bit. You bulleted out some details mm-hmm. on this model that you're working around. Yeah. What do you want to share there? As I thought about that model of the family and thinking about my role as a husband and as a father of a couple of young kids, I thought, what are the attributes that I see in Scripture that either are or should be part of how I lead my family or, well, really co-lead with my wife, right? As we submit to Christ, we try to lead our family in a particular way. And as I, as I thought about those leadership principles, you're going to hear some things that sound a little bit like buzzwords because they matter. But the first thing that came up in my, in my mind was really around the idea of courageous humility. I think mm. that... Sometimes, and and we'll probably get into this a little bit later, we see Mm -hmm. people grasping for authority or trying to promote themselves, and that's not what we see in the family. What we see in the family is an understanding of where our authority and our responsibility begins and ends. We have our family. We're responsible for our family. That doesn't mean we're not, we don't care about our neighbor, but we don't have a level of, of authority in their lives. We have authority Mm. within our family to work together. We do what's needed, regardless of how it's perceived or regardless of the reputation. If if my kids are sick, one of us, my wife or I, is going to have to take care of them. If something needs Mm. to be cleaned up, just because we're the dad or we're the mom doesn't mean that we're not the ones on the floor taking care of stuff and that there's a a certain amount of modeling rather than just telling. And we have to show them what a clean room is supposed to look like. We have to clean alongside them to help them learn how to do that stuff. We can't just say, go clean your room until that's built up in their lives. There's also, the, the second thing would be a caring responsibility. We have to be wise stewards of the resources that we have as well as the needs that are present. And that's everything from money to time to responsibility to attention. We have to give attention where it's needed. We have to, within our family, help our family allocate our time to the things that are most important. So we establish rituals. We make decisions Mm -hmm. about whether or not we're going to be involved in some level of sports. We provide boundaries. We provide opportunities for growth. These are all things that are our responsibility, and they're things that would be really easy when we're tired, which happens often, to, to let mm. f- fall to the wayside. And we don't want to do that. And then the last thing of, of the things that really kind of stood out to me was this idea of nurturing influence, that we have to develop a relationship with our children. They have to know that we listen and that we care about them. That doesn't mean they're going to obey every time, but they have to know that. We sometimes have to have those difficult conversations about, I'm sorry, but you can't do this thing that you want to do right now because you didn't do 
this other thing that needs to be done. So either you have to do that first, or maybe there's a consequence involved. You know, so, some of the consequences are natural. If you have to get your homework done and you haven't done it, then you can't do other things because the homework has to be done. On the flip side, sometimes there are, I'll call them punitive results where you've done something and now I can't allow you to do something completely unrelated simply because there's that level of trust that needs to be built back up. And then the last thing in my mind that's related to this nurturing influence is also allowing my kids to influence me sometimes. That when we sit mm. down and we have a conversation about what we want to do, maybe I've even said, no, this is what we're going to do. But then I allow them the opportunity to negotiate with me, to build our family agenda together because I want them to know that their voice is heard and that it matters and that we're going to do the best we can to hear from everybody and do what's best for our family overall, which then goes all the way back to that level of humility, being able to walk in and say, maybe I messed up, maybe I need to have that conversation, or to walk in and say, hey, after we talked, yeah, I've changed my mind. We're, we're going to do what you wanted to do and, and allow them to have that opportunity. Wow. That is a huge, I mean, all of those bullets and the things you mentioned are incredible pillars in, I think, your family that you're going to see the Lord make something beautiful out of, specifically going back to letting yourself be influenced. That's one of the last things yeah. that you mentioned. Powerful, powerful thing. You're building in a, a context of collaboration there. And to me, that that is going to be such a huge advantage for your kids as they're learning to work and operate in teams, maybe from a team member, or especially in the time when they come to the point of responsibility where they are going to be leading teams. Wow, that's that's incredible. And I think as these things occur, you know, they apply to the family. They also apply in other relationships as well. Courageous humility, caring responsibility, nurturing influence. Mm, good stuff right there. Thanks. We've got quite a bit of notes left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. And we, I looked up and we were like seven minutes in when we started digging in on a courageous humility or something like mm. that. So I'm, uh, I'm happy for all this quality content. And I'm guessing we'll may be able to include the, some of these details in in a link or something to that effect from this show. I'm terrible with show notes, as you already know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best to get this because you've got it organized so well, as you always do. Anyway, really appreciate those pillars. I think those are pillars in a quality construction of leadership, whether it be in the home, partnering with your spouse or in the workplace or in the nonprofit sector, or in just in anything there. Those are beautiful, beautiful elements that the Lord has given you. We've got some more to talk about. We're going to have to call a timeout here and, and, uh, and double back for the next episode. Before we do that, if someone gets a hold of this episode and they want to hear more about Brian Ensminger or check out your podcast or know more about what you're up to, how could we direct them to find that information? I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. The The best place for people to go would be engagingmissions.com. 
I have links there to any of the places I am on social media, as well as ways to subscribe to the podcast. That is probably the the thing that I would most encourage people to do, because by doing that, you get the opportunity to learn from a lot of people with a whole lot more experience than I have. <laughs> right. You're building a platform and inviting quality people up on it to raise their voice. I've, I've personally been super encouraged with every listening at the Engaging Missions show. So engagingmissions.com. Brian Ensminger, thank you very much for being on here. As for me, I'm Scott McClellan. Thank you for listening to the FX Missions Leadership Moment. If you know someone who uh, needs to feature their leadership skills or perspective and they're looking for an opportunity to do that, reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Until next time on the Leadership Moment, have a good one. This Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.